Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Michael Nathanson. Michael, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Michael is a JD and LLM. He is the chairman and CEO of the Colony Group, a respected leader in the wealth management world. He's been named by Barron's as a top 100 independent financial advisor, as well as a super lawyer. He's the author of Personal Financial Plan for Executives and Entrepreneurs, The Path to Financial Peace of Mind. Excited to have you on. Michael, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure, George, and thank you again for having me. Uh, so in terms of my personal life, I grew up wanting to be a lawyer. I went to law school, um, happened to have a, some, some famous people in my, my class. I, I actually went to law school with President Obama and Neil Gorsuch and wow. many other very impressive people. And uh, um, all of them were inspirational, uh, being around you know, such successful people. And I uh, practiced law for 13 years and thought I was going to do that for forever. But um, one thing that I can tell you about myself is that I am constantly in search of finding meaning and joy in what I do. And, uh, and while I very much enjoy, enjoyed practicing law, I found this company called The Colony Group that, uh, that was really, in my, in my mind, specializing in providing um, peace of mind to clients and offering meaning and joy to clients and employees. I, I joined up with the group, and uh, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And uh, and again, just in, in the area of, of uh, telling telling you a few things about me personally, so you can get a sense for the way I think about things. Uh, in addition to finding meaning and joy professionally uh, at the Colony Group, I also um, you know found some causes that are very important to me. Um, I have a, a child with congenital heart disease, and um, uh, Boston Children's Hospital is a very important cause uh, for me, and I spend a, a good amount of time on that. And also, I'm very interested in the in the brain tumor space. I've had some some personal experiences there, and uh, and as a result, um, I've spent a lot of time part of as part of the uh, the National Brain Tumor Society, and so I do a lot of that. Um, again, seeking ways to find meaning and joy in uh, in life. Well, I respect and appreciate that immensely. I think that we could all probably do with uh, having more joy in our lives. So I appreciate that very, very, very much. Um, well, I know that you are, um, and for good reason, very, very proud and excited about the book. What, what, what motivated you to write it? Yeah. So it turns out that just there's not a lot of writing about providing financial advice for executives and entrepreneurs, especially in the area of executives. And we were surprised that that uh, there's so little out there. And you know the way the way I think about about planning generally, and the way I would I would suggest that your listeners should be thinking about planning, is is you can use a medical analogy. So there's this concept of specialization first and foremost, which is that if you have an issue with your heart, for example, you probably don't want to go see um, you know someone who specializes in dermatology. Do you want to see someone who is an expert at cardiology? 
And, uh, and I think that that is increasingly important in the area of planning, where you need people to specialize in specific subject matters, specific types of clients, such as executives. There's also this concept in- increasingly important in the medical space called precision medicine, and this is the idea of, of truly customizing a medical plan to best serve the particular patient. And often the treatment for one patient needs to be different, same disease, but different patient from the next patient. And so it is with planning. And around these concepts, it occurred to us that we ought to write a book which is specialized and also which tries to offer advice that can be customizable. And then the last piece of motivation, I would say, is this concept of storytelling. You see, every time a client comes to us, they come to us with a story. They come to us with a story of their life. I just gave you a very brief uh, 30-second story of my life, um, which was very much incomplete. Uh, But we get stories, uh, and then we, it's our job to hear the story and help our clients proceed through the story of their life and hopefully have a, um, you know, a, a joyful and happy ending to that story and achieve all the things that they want to achieve as part of that story. And so it occurred to us, we ought to write a story, and that's what we did. We wrote a story about a fictional couple named David and Abby. David is a traditional executive. Abby is a traditional entrepreneur. And we tell the story of all the great things that they did when they were growing up. They grew up together, had very nice, pleasant childhoods, went to great schools. Uh, David got a job, his dream job, uh, as a, a manager at a company that he had long admired. And Abby began to pursue a a great entrepreneurial career for herself. And they did all kinds of great things. They got married, and they had children, and they had all kinds of success, but they never did any planning. And what we tell the story about is, is what can happen when you don't do any planning. And things didn't go necessarily the way that they had always assumed that they would go. And they hit all kinds of roadblocks. David's company ultimately uh, files for bankruptcy. Um, There are some economic problems from a global macro perspective. And Abby doesn't make some of the right choices. And we tell the story about what happens to this couple because they don't make the right choices. Now, of course, we all we, we always want to end with, a, with a, a happy ending, and so we ultimately tell a different story about what would have happened. But we use storytelling to convey this important subject matter. Well, I appreciate that very much. I mean, we've been telling stories for as long as human beings have been around, so it's a, such a it's such a powerful medium of expressing important ideas. And I think that we also all know that uh, we're two times more likely to want to avoid something bad than we are to want something good. So knowing about pitfalls, which are all too common, that even the most successful people among us fall into is probably an extremely valuable thing. So I think that that's great. Um, The title of the book, um, Path to Financial Peace of Mind, before we get into the specifics, I'd like just to get your thoughts on what financial peace of mind really means. Sure. Well, actually, that's a... so. 
So actually, when we were thinking about the title for the book, we wanted a title that ultimately conveyed what the book was about, and so hence the title. But we actually were thinking about, at one point, calling it the Five Pillars of Peace of Mind. And with respect to executives and entrepreneurs, we believe and the book discusses this, that there are really five key pillars to achieving peace of mind. Now, once these things are attended to, then a person can, can from a financial perspective at least, know that they're, they're in good shape. And while life is always unpredictable, they've done everything they can at that point to ensure that they will have a good financial future. And the five pillars of peace of mind are, number one, maximizing the rewards of working as an executive. And again, see, these are very specific to executives and entrepreneurs. Number two, achieving financial independence. Number three, planning for and minimizing taxes. Number four, something that people often forget about, which is planning for others. And number five is managing risk. When these five pillars are all attended to, then they in turn support a state of peace of mind. Got it. Okay. So maximizing the rewards of being an executive, um, is that in terms of, is it everything from setting the the culture of an organization and helping people realize the impact they can have and as, as, as well as financial? What is that talking about? Yeah, so the things that we talk about are, again, what, um, what many people do not, unfortunately, focus on. So if you are, if you are an executive, uh, you know, again, I use the terms interchangeably. Executives and entrepreneurs are different, but they're often the same as well. You, you might find, for example, an entrepreneur who is also certainly an executive and vice versa. Um, but maximizing rewards typically involves starting with the basics, which is looking at, for example, employment agreements. Corporate executives are usually different. They often have employment agreements. They're typically not necessarily mere employees at will. And, and so by, by starting with the employment agreement and understanding all the, the intricacies of the employment agreement and thinking about long-term incentive plans, short-term incentive plans, um, equity incentives, and I'm going to get to that in a, in a little bit more in a second, um, thinking about severance provisions, change of control provisions, um, these are the kinds of things that need to be attended to as a basic matter in terms of maximizing their rewards. Um, but then it's, it's also a question of looking at, for example, benefits. Many executives do not fully understand or utilize the benefit structure that is around them. And benefits can be very basic and they can become very complicated as well, including such matters as deferred uh, compensation structures. And then um, another thing that, that in terms of maximizing rewards is specific to our subject matter, our specific subject matter is equity incentives. So whether those are stock options or restricted stock units or um, you know, uh, just general grants of restricted stock, whatever they may be, all of these things need to be considered. And not considering them can be a fatal error from a financial perspective. Got it. I imagine that uh, 
The devil is in the details. I'm, I'm not very sure. So got it. And then the, the second is achieving financial independence. And what does that mean? Right. Yeah, so financial independence is a term that, that many people are not familiar with. The, the term that people like to talk about is retirement planning. I need to pre- prepare for my retirement. I need to plan for my retirement. But retirement planning and, and planning for financial independence are two related but different things. Financial independence is the point at which you no longer need to worry about money. You put in place a plan, a structure um, that is appropriately funded and appropriately invested where you could retire. doesn't mean you will. You may have all kinds of great things that you want to do with your life, but you know when you achieve financial independence, you've achieved all of your goals and those goals can include things like, like not just retirement, but also education and philanthropy, et cetera. But you've, you've achieved your goals, and you know now everything you do going forward, it's not only about the money. You can do whatever you want at that point. You are, you are independent from a financial perspective. Got it. <clears throat> yeah, I think that that's an interesting and important distinction between thinking about retirement planning and then thinking about financial independence. So I appreciate that. Um, We then have planning for and minimizing taxes, planning for others and managing risk. And just to maximize our time together, I don't know which of those you want to focus on. I'm not sure we'll be able to focus on all of them. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I guess if I have to choose, I'll, I'll choose taxes because to me, taxes are a huge part of this process and taxes pervade everything and every decision we make has a tax Im- impact. Um, what we talk about is the, the 10 commandments of, of, um, of minimizing taxes. And so um, I'll, I'll let the, uh, let your audience read the book, but what we, what we do in our book is we provide a lot of tips for simple things that people should be thinking about generally in order to minimize their tax burden. The mere act of deferring income, accelerating deductions, making sure you understand the rules, appropriately withholding, um, but also uh, maximizing uh, your use of all of the available Uh, tax incentives that are provided by the law, these simple activities can make a gigantic difference over a lifetime. Just the act, for example, of tax loss harvesting, where you look at your portfolio every year and you make sure that if you have uh, positions where you have a loss, you take advantage of those losses. You can certainly reinvest those proceeds in a way where you can stay invested because we're not believers in market timing. But you can ultimately take advantage of those tax losses, and over over many years, just that act of tax loss harvesting can add gigantic amounts to your overall portfolio. Got it. And that's probably an area that people do not think about nearly enough, or probably certainly don't understand. So, got it. Um, and I know that, uh, that goals-based planning is also a very, very important element to the work that you're doing. Can we talk a little bit about that? Right. So, you know, many people, many people uh, you know, think that the planning process is all about, about you know, maximizing returns and um, beating benchmarks. I want to beat the S&P 500. And 
that's really not an appropriate way to be thinking about planning. The way to be thinking about it is thinking about what our goals are. Thinking about the goals that we have for ourselves, for our dependents, uh, for other causes that we might care about. And once we understand what those goals are, we can uh, use, um, use many tools that are available to us to understand the kinds of returns that we need to achieve in order to satisfy those goals. And then we can understand what kind of investments we will put in place to, to, to make sure that we are in line with the, um, you know, the amount of risk that we need to take. And the concept ultimately is that we should only be taking as much risk as is necessary to achieve our goals. Many people think, well, I'm young, I'm going to go all in. And well, there's something to that, but why take more risk than you need to take? And so we think about risk as something we need to be mindful for mindful of, but we also think of it as a friend. That is, um, you know, risk and reward um, you know, do correlate with each other, and we do need to be thinking about, about risk versus reward. But we take, we try to take only as much risk as is absolutely necessary. By understanding your goals, by understanding what you're trying to achieve, it's a lot easier to put together a plan to achieve it. Got it. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. I love the idea of, of peace of mind. I like to tell people that financial peace of mind allows us to more fully pursue our passions. And I imagine that, that your thoughts on that are, are very, very similar. But why do you encourage people to, to achieve peace of mind? Yeah, because again, for us, it all comes down to meaning the joy. You know, for, for we, we thought a lot about, about what we're trying to accomplish at the Colony Group and what we are trying to convey in this book. And, you know, our vision, our vision statement looks a little bit different from many others. Uh, our vision statement is, is that we seek to be the leading financial advisory company in the world for clients and employees who seek meaning and joy in their lives. And to us, um, you know, financial strength is part of that, and it's important to have that. And, of course, we try to, uh, to you know, produce great returns for clients and do great things for our clients. But ultimately, what we've come to realize is that people really are looking to live meaningful lives. They're looking to live joyful lives. And, uh, and so as we think about concepts like peace of mind, which I do think really, really plays well with our clients and our employees, it's ultimately what it comes down to. Because when you do have peace of mind, you have freedom. Now you have freedom to do whatever you want in life. And, and you know, freedom brings meaning and joy. So that's the way we think about it. It all relates to meaning and joy. I love it. Well, Michael, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, consistent with, with what I've been talking about, uh, I haven't talked a lot about, about investments, so to speak. And so what I'd say is this, that it's very important to be focusing on our investment portfolios. But in, in focusing, overly focusing just on our investment portfolios is completely missing the broader point. In order to produce true peace of mind and in order to truly achieve financial independence and all the other five pillars of peace of mind, 
it's important that we not just focus on investments. We need to focus on the entire structure. We need to focus on a, a broader, comprehensive plan that thinks about all of these pillars and thinks about, for example, estate planning and tax planning and risk mitigation and cash flow planning and thinking about housing expense and education expense and philanthropic planning. All of these things are important, not just investment planning. And those that think that it's all about just looking at the markets and making good calls from an investment perspective are missing the broader point. They're missing the broader opportunity. They're far more likely to achieve peace of mind and financial success if they focus on the broader wealth management picture. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? Sure. Well, they, they, uh, so they can find us at thecolonygroup.com. Uh, you need to put the the in, so thecolonygroup.com. And, uh, and the book is actually available on Amazon. And uh, again, it's called Personal Financial Planning for Executives and Entrepreneurs, The Path to Financial Peace of Mind. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Michael your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to thecolonygroup.com, pick up a copy of his book on Amazon, and I will link to both of those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Michael. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!